Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Get Off Morning Geeks Podcast. Uh, David Cronson episode number two is out right now, so I would go check that out. It was a great interview on the inside of acting, and we just finished his audition process that I helped him record, so that was for a major blockbuster movie, so that was pretty cool. And we talk about acting and obviously geeky stuff. David's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great actor, great performer. And uh, very spirited, so he's always great to have on the podcast. And also go check out the Couchsurfing Euro Experience. Couchsurfing.org is a place where if you want to travel around anywhere around the world and you just want to crash on people's couches instead of going to hostels or paying for a hotel, Couchsurfing.org is the best place for you to just meet interesting people, the locals, uh, anywhere you go, anywhere you want to travel, you could find it. So again, go check it out. We'll have interviews with a lot of people from all over Europe. It was a great time, and it was a lot of fun. And in this episode, number 12, uh, another hostful for everybody. We PAX it up. Let me talk about our experiences of PAX. PAX just happened last weekend, and it was a great time. And speaking of PAX, I actually recorded with Lou uh, a ride home road trip podcast kind of thing from PAX and our overall experience. Still working on that, seeing how that's going to go, and that should be posted up anytime soon uh, hopefully if it uh, works out if the audio is bad then it's bad i'm sorry i don't know what to do oh well um, but in this one we talk about our past experience brandon has been to pax i've been to pax and we just try to share with amanda the whole pax lovely experience can i say pax a few more times pax 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 go check it out pack east <laughs> but we also talk about not just pax we talk about game of thrones and how awesome it's been first two episodes if you haven't seen it it's absolutely unreal and we actually get into an argument with brandon about uh game of thrones and how i met your mother and all this other great stuff and next gen consoles again and all the cool games that are coming out because of PAX, 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 PAX East and the great experience. And just go love this podcast. And if you still haven't checked out Game of Thrones, go do that. Thank you very much, you guys. And you could find us on Google, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, wherever you can. Just get off Money Geeks podcast. Go check us out. You can find me personally at Genobi87. Uh, Amanda at Star Princess 1988 and Brandon at Nerds Beware. So enjoy this podcast and enjoy the other ones. Game on. Uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, it's awesome. It's actually a ton of fun. Um, what was the premise of it? So the premise is um, it's based on uh, Pride and Prejudice, the Jane Austen book, mm -hmm. and it's a whole card game centered around that where uh, the players basically pick one of the female characters from Pride and Prejudice, and then you have like a deck of suitors, which are all like the male characters from Pride and Prejudice. And it's almost, it's this weird, I wouldn't call it like an RPG but uh, you do these things where, like, each of the suitors has, um, like, I guess, stat points. And you're trying to match those stat points. And then each character has, like, a preferred um, suitor that they're trying to go for. So, like, it'll say on the back, like, you know, this person's top suitor is this person. 
and you'll get like more points at the end of the game if you actually get that person. But to get that person, you have to have like X amount of points in, say, you know, beauty or uh, <laughs> like two points in beauty and three points in dowry or something like that. Um, and then you can actually pick from those people as like a suitor. And it's got this cool mechanic um, where at the end of the game you, you basically take everybody that like it matches your stats and you put them in front of them and you roll a die and if the die comes up like whatever number, you can choose to marry them or not marry them. And if you decline them, uh, you don't get another chance at them. And if you like don't get the suitor that you want or don't get any suitors, like you become the old maid, which has another dice roll associated to it. Uh, so Steph was laughing hilariously at me as I'm reading all this stuff about like, you know, okay, well in the the, the what's it called stage. So the game is played in like two stages, which is like the courtship stage where there's a deck of event cards and you flip over the event and read whatever the card is. And some of them are like, you know, Sort of like Flux, where like most of them will say like you draw one character card, which is like has all the stats and stuff on it, or and then you play one card. But some of them might be like you know if you're this character, play two cards, or if you're this character, play no cards, or something like that. So each event card is is different, um, and it's just it's like real goofy, and it was funny because um, so after you, you uh, go through the entire event deck. Uh, then it goes into the proposal stage, which is what I was saying before, where like you pick all suitors who are available to you, uh, and then you basically have to roll a dice for them. Uh, but it was funny because Steph, when we were picking characters, Steph was picking characters because she knows the story and she wanted to be a character from the story. Whereas I know nothing about the story, but I'm come from a big background of games, so I was picking the character who had the best like special ability quote-unquote, so like, it was just so funny because I knew nothing about the character that I was picking, but I was like, oh, she gets to pick an extra card every time she draws a card, so more cards is always better, so I'll take that one. Uh, and it was just funny that, like, we came at it from two completely different areas, but both had a super good time with it. I, I think I ended up winning, barely. No, uh, her sister won. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, but you had you already had the you had the cut the cut and player. Yeah, or, yeah, but I didn't actually I never got around to like actually printing it out and, and trying it. So I figured, you know what, let me just wait until the physical copy comes in. And uh, I'll also say from like an actual uh, pieces inside the game, it's it's really well done. Like the cards are like nice card stock. They're thick cards. They don't feel cheap. They don't feel flimsy. Um, I mean, it, it's a card game, so that's all that's in there is just is. A deck of cards, essentially. There's I thought, I thought it was pretty cool it. that that uh, the Kickstarter was very detailed, and even the video was pretty yeah, awesome. Absolutely. And it. I don't know. I just overall that whole campaign was executed very well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did, you get, did you get a chance to see the the Kickstarter for this game? I thought I sent you a link to it or something like that. Um, for the no, Jane Austen. I don't think you did, but it. Just hearing Brandon describe like your beauty points. Yeah, no, it's like, it seems awesome. it just seems like very glam, glam like kind of a, I don't know. It's like if you're feeling kind of girly, you play that game. I guess but it it's is. fun. But you said it's fun though, right? Yeah, like it, it was. I had a great time playing it, and like I said, like 
I'll try any game once. I, I like games. Like, I don't care what the, the... Like, theme is important. Like, we were having a talk about it uh, a couple days ago, um, how, like, theme is very important to a game. Because, you know, if you're, you're playing a game with a theme you don't really like, you're not going to find it that fun. I mean, even if the mechanics are well done, if the game is just kind of like a something that you, you just can't get into... I think you're I, not going to have as much fun with it. I love the fact that it's so uh, flux is so simple. Yeah. But it could become very chaotic. Yeah. And I so think like, uh, we've had a lot of Amanda and I have had a lot of duels where it would either last like ten minutes or it would last like forty five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's that's the thing. I have like five copies of Flux, and one of the copies of Flux, I just didn't like the theme to it. Like it was just it was a you, generic one. Like you have uh, a Monty Python one. Uh, no, but I played the Monty Python one. This is awesome. It's a great one, actually. Yeah, Monty Python one. That was the first one that I actually played. When we went to PAX years ago, the first PAX that I went to in Seattle uh, is where we bought that and we played that, and that's where I first started buying copies of... Uh, oh, you went to, like, the PAX like the, where it originated? Yeah, I went to the Seattle one for the first time. Oh, one. man, that's pretty sweet. How was yeah. that? Uh, it was It was good. It was right. It was actually at that PAX is where they announced PAX East, which was cool. So we were like, okay, good. That saves us a plane ride. We can just drive up to Boston now. So um, what? What I what I experienced, uh, what I've been told a lot was that this year's PAX was twice the size, uh, bigger than it was last year, just yeah, because it was. Bigger and bigger it, it definitely you. was. It was a little overwhelming at some points. Yeah. Yeah. They they executed it amazingly. They had obviously the crazy over the top, you know, new video games that came out. And then on the other side of this wall, which in my mind is like the Game of Thrones, the wall. Like, I don't know everything now is in my I have to reference Game of Thrones cuz I just that's all I've been consuming my hour, my free time is just watching Game of Thrones because I really want to get caught up and it's awesome. But they had on the other side of the wall uh, the northern side of the wall. It was uh, a bunch of tabletop games, which yeah. is great. It was you know, popular, obviously. Like Magic: The Gathering was there. Apparently, yeah, Magic was huge. King of King of Tokyo, Catan. They had tournaments for all this stuff, which was amazing. Yep. I wanted to have if I was there all weekend. Fortunately, I was only there on on Friday. I probably would have joined the Magic tournament because that that was because they they had like this huge booth for. Uh, the new Planeswalker app for iPad and and whatever for 2015, which yeah. I was very excited about. Actually, I waited. That was the only time I waited for an hour and 15 minutes in line just <laughs> to play 10 minutes of game, which kind of pissed me off. But it was definitely worth the wait, in my opinion. I love. I just love <laughs> Magic, and just, for me, not spending a whole lot of money to play ma- something that I really enjoy is great. Um, yeah, we pretty much spent 90% of our time in that board game arena. The last the last PAX Boston that we went to, uh, we pretty much spent our entire weekend, like, there and a couple panels. Like, we went for the full weekend. Um, but just the, ga- the, the, the actual video game floor is just so crowded, and you can't move around anywhere, and it's just, like, it, it's really uncomfortable trying to so get around there, and, like, waiting in line for certain games is just, like, there's other stuff that I could be doing. So we basically just spent our entire time in the board game arena trying, like, every game we could get our hands on. So what I loved, what I loved about this PAX is the, the actual space was just huge, and if everything was nicely spread, spread out, uh, and they had a cap on how many people, obviously how many tickets were sold, so it didn't feel as crowded as, as it felt like in uh, New York Comic Con. 
mm. where it just felt like you couldn't move. It was very warehousey, and it just seemed very spacious, and there were multiple floors. Um, and it was at one point towards the end of, of my visit, I was playing Super Smash Brothers for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was not even. It was, it was like melee. It wasn't even brawl. Like it was just the older one. But they had this huge tournament, which I really yeah. wanted to sign up for. I just didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I find packs that everything except the actual like video game area are the best parts of it. Like the video game area just. Like I said, between the lines and how crowded it gets and, like, you can't get close enough or you have to wait forever to play a game, like, it's just, it's not worth it. Like, I feel like I waste more time in lines in that main area, but, like, you go upstairs and there was a whole room that just had old-school arcade machines. And, like, yeah, they had, that, to, they had yeah. that this year, and it was absolutely, I I stayed, we, I, my friend, I went with my friend Lou, and, and we went to this classic tennis one where um, the arcades are side-by-side, side, they're connected. Yeah. And, but you're on the other side of the of yep. your opponent, and it was just really awesome. It yep. was so hard. It took us like ten minutes to figure out. I'm like, how did we play this back in the day? Like, I don't really. But it just it was great. They had Fixed Felix for anybody who watches uh, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> um, they actually had the uh, video game, which was which was really nice. That's cool. But yeah, like I just everything else but that video game. Like I didn't mind going down onto the floor. Um, but it just always, I always felt like I was just waiting online too much and just, I was like, you know what, I'll see this game in like a month or two. I don't really, I don't care. Like, it's coming out soon. I'll see it then. Like, I'd go near like the indie smaller booths. Um, Those are great. Yeah. They had the goat simulator, which yep. was hysterical. Yeah. What was that soda? <laughs> they had a soda, a drinking soda simulator. Which soda Drinker Pro. A lot of fun. <laughs> uh, that, it was so much fun. That was hilarious because that. Nobody had known about that, and I, I it, part of it, I think, is because it was at E3 last year, and uh, Ryan Davis um, from Giant Bomb, who unfortunately passed away uh, over the summer, sucks because he was awesome, uh, actually went up and interviewed the guy, and, like, Giant Bomb, uh, you know, is a huge gaming site. Like, they are really, like, big and, and well-known inside, like, the, the video game community. So Ryan went up and talked to this guy about the game, about Soda Drinker Pro, and then Jeff, the other guy who co-created Giant Bomb, played it on one of their, their Friday night shows, and I think after that, like, it sort of, like, caught wind when, when people saw it, because Giant Bomb does a lot of video content, um, unlike most other game sites that do a lot of written reviews or just general news, Giant Bomb does a lot of, like, live video or just, like, recorded video stuff, um... So Ryan got up there and, like, interviewed the guy who created Soda Drinker Pro and was like, this game's real stupid, and the guy was just like... And, like, Ryan always just had, like, an air about him to say stuff like that, but, like, he wasn't calling it stupid because it was bad. He was just like, this is a silly idea, kind of stupid. And it's after that, like... Great idea. Yeah, and it was just ridiculous. And then Jeff played it, and it was just... It's so... That game is just weird and yeah, awesome. It, but it's like Goat Simulator. It's like you take... You play as a goat. That's... You play as a goat and you do these ridiculous things as a goat. And I played it and I was sitting there and my mind was just like, what are you doing right now? It's You're it's a yeah, it's <laughs> it's a physics based like just screw around engine as 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 you can call it. Like there's no point throw. to the game. Like it's not actually a simulator of anything. Like it just they actually did it as um the creators, the studio um, did it as part of a game jam, um, just like a weekend game jam, and they basically put it out, 
broken as it was, like, purposely didn't fix a lot of the bugs, like, left it in there. Like, there's an actual achievement in the game for crashing the game, and, like, that was one of the first achievements I got when I bought the game. Like, I crashed it, like, five minutes into the game and got the achievement for it. So, like, they knew what they were putting out, and it's just like, hey, you want to screw around and have fun and do dumb stuff? Like, play this game. And I played it for, like, four hours straight one night and could not stop laughing the entire time. Yeah, definitely. It was... Uh, the, a lot of the independent games I was geared more towards, and uh, that's what attracted me, just because it was simple to play, it wasn't that taxing, and it was unbelievable. But the funniest thing about the whole expo floor is that I didn't know it, the whole thing it closes at midnight, so the whole thing shuts down at midnight, but the main expo floor closes at 6 p.m. Yeah. I didn't know that, so I I was trying to get something. I was trying to get uh, clothing attire <laughs> during the, the main floor, and they're like, oh, the main expo is going to close in five minutes, and I heard that, and I'm like, wait, what? And there was this huge line, and I was running over, and I was like, I need to get, um, what were the leggings I got you? <laughs> they were... Lumpy Space Princess. From Adventure Time? Adventure yeah. Time. Yeah. Which also was crazy, because there were a lot of cosplayers at PAX. Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. There were people dressed up as Adventure Time characters, obviously Halo characters, uh... There were even people uh, from Evolve characters, Titanfall characters. It was insane. Like, uh, but so I was I was running up and I had five minutes, so I had to climb over these little kids and get this thing, uh, <laughs> which they had actually a pretty good process. They took your name and they brought you down like a supply chain almost, and they're just like, "Oh, what's your name?" and you check out. Uh, and I was also racing because I remember seeing. Uh, Batman socks and Spider-Man socks that I you know, I wanted to get as a gift as well. And my friend Lou looks at me. He's like, do you remember where those were? I had no idea. I was like, it was so <laughs> big. I was like, I don't know, but we got like three minutes. We got to hurry up. So we were running, and then he like calls me. like, dude, it's over here. And I was, I was I'm running. Granted, I was pretty sick, so I probably wasn't a good idea that I was running. <laughs> I was like out of breath when I got there and like dying. Um... But I was like, I made it, and as soon as that, there were people, there were like these little nerd guards that, uh, being dead serious, like the security guards were tiny, short people, I don't know why, and they're just like, you gotta get out, and they thought they were like tough shit, and they were like yelling at us to get out of the main convention hall, and I'm like, alright man, we'll get out of here, and that was about it, but <laughs> that was my story. <laughs> Cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. <laughs> but I had no idea I closed at 6, and then the rest of the time, like I said, I was just playing Super Smash Brothers, and they yeah. had like a, a handheld lounge where yep. there were people holding signs that said, if you'd like to battle me, just wake me up for Pokemon. <laughs> what? They had a huge Pokemon tournament, which was absolutely amazing, and people oh, were just fighting each other yeah. via Wi-Fi, and it was... It was that handheld area, it's like all these, the whole thing is just like big beanbag chairs, and it becomes this weird shanty town where like people just like fall asleep on the beanbags and stay yep. there, and it's just like, we, we always avoided that area because it was just like, people were just passed out on the beanbags, like... Did you, so when you went, did they, were you able to rent out uh, consoles and handheld consoles and video games? 
Uh, I don't remember about the handheld, but we were you're you're able to you don't rent. The, I mean, they have stations set up, and you basically go and give them your name, and they basically take your license, and then they say, okay, you guys are on like station six, and you'll go over and sit down in front of an Xbox, and they'll have like a whole list of games that you can play. Um, or if you wanted to play like Wii, they'll give you the controllers and stuff like that. Um, no, like they actually gave like gaming. Uh, well, they did it exactly like that, but for the handheld part, they gave you you give them the license. And they give you uh, a DS with, with a oh, game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't remember them doing... You're to play Pokemon with it as anybody you want. Yeah, I don't remember the handheld, but I know all the other consoles. Like, we used to hang out in the PC arena. Like, the big PC room was just basically like... Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, you sit down in front of a, a computer, and basically they have Steam with, like, every game that you could want to play on it, and you just pick a game with you and your friends and just screw around for, like, an hour and then peace out. They had Titanfall, they had League of Legends, they had huge tournaments for that, and I've never seen so many computers lined up next to each other in my life. Like, this place, it was... It was it was a different experience, and I, I really wish I was there all weekend, or felt better to stay there all weekend, because it was it was awesome. Like I try to do everything all at once, and I think that's what like really wore me out when you yeah. try to see everything and do everything in one sitting. Yeah, like I said, we learned early that like you know where to go and where not to go, and certain panels that we definitely wanted to see and everything, and 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 you know. The right spots hear, to go to. Did you hear anything about Titanfall coming out for uh, Mac operating systems? No. Because <sighs> I played it. I played it for the first time. And I yeah. definitely do not want to get an Xbox One. Yeah. I don't want to get a PC laptop for it. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, this game is so awesome. And it's like the only awesome game so far that I experienced on Xbox One. And it's not for Mac. You know, I, yeah. I'm teared. I'm like really sad. That, oh, I just want to play, but I know these little 13-year-old kids were just, or like 30-year-old, 40-year-old men just destroy me. There was a 60-year-old dude there just killing everybody. Yeah. Everyone's just like clapping at him. <laughs> and awesome. he, everyone called him the old king. It was just insane. Like, people, the game was, he's, he was crazy. He just dominated. awesome because it's, it's really accessible. It's very accessible to everybody. Like, that's what I like about it is that, like, you don't necessarily have to have played Call of Duty games or something to be able to be good at it. Like, they, they put in things that let you still feel like you are making a difference, like, in the game. Um, for me, it has a very, um, what's referred to as Twitch shooter, which is something like um, Quake 3 or something like that, where the, the old school games that, like, I basically grew up playing, like, Quake, Doom... Uh, the ones that, like, require a lot of, like, you know, oh, shit, guys behind me, got to jump, turn, shoot, land, keep, go keep going, you know? Um, oh, like Half-Life-esque, almost? Yeah, yeah, but these those games, you know, were super... They felt very quick. They just felt frenetic. Like, you, you constantly had to be on the move because the arenas were nice and compact, weapons were easy to find, so, like, you know, you would kill someone kill someone else, and then you get hit by a missile. And then you'd spawn and get hit by a missile. And then you'd spawn, you'd run five feet, get hit by a missile. Like, it was just real quick, it was real small. And that's a lot of what, like, Titanfall reminds me of. It's just, it's very, you're always moving, like, the, the motion in the game is just fantastic. Like, the, the parkour elements and the wall running and then being able to, like, use your jetpack double jump, like, it's... Have you it's, been playing a lot more? Uh, yeah, yeah. I Well, not in the past week. I've been playing a ton of DayZ, but... Uh, 
I basically played like every night for like two, three hours. Um, I was getting real good too. Like, I, you know, maybe it's because I'm playing it on PC. Like, I played Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, and Black Ops on Xbox. And I don't think I ever got used to playing a first-person, like, a competitive first-person shooter with a controller. But going back to my roots of, like, having played Quake and Doom on PC for so long, like, going back to a PC and keyboard, like, I jumped in and was immediately able to, like, pick up the controls and do, like, really well with each match. And, like, you know, come out on top uh, nine times out of ten when, when we'd play. Um, have, so have you... Have you two decided, because you guys have Xbox 360s, um, from getting Xbox One? Uh, no, I'm definitely not getting a One. Um, I will wait till Jay gets it. <laughs> just play it. I, I do think he wants it, because he wants to play Titanfall. Titanfall, yeah. yeah. I also, think he was just waiting till like, a newer version like, of the Xbox One came out. Get all the bugs out first. Yeah. He's waiting for like the and next maybe upgrade. drop down in price a little bit. Oh, but get rid of the connect, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But no, I'm 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 PlayStation Four. If I do get a console, it's on PlayStation Four this time around. I love Sony, so yeah, I'm I'm all for the PlayStation Four. But we've been playing Arkham City a lot right now, mm-hmm. and we j- well, I just found out that Arkham Knight is only going to be for the next gen consoles. Yeah. Which oh, I'm just like they're forcing me to get a PS4. Like it's cool. I'm okay with getting a PS4, but I was trying to hold off. But I don't think I'm gonna be able to. As soon as Arkham Knight comes out, I think I'm gonna have to get PS4 with Arkham Knight. Yeah. Because I, oh. I need to. I need to. Because I. It's finally the same people who created Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Arkham. Uh, right. Arkham City. Yeah. Arkham Origins was made from. Different sector of that company. Yeah, uh, Rocksteady are the main guys who did the first two, and then Rocksteady is doing Arkham Knight, which they said like this wraps up our Batman trilogy. Um, yeah, and it's supposed Arkham, to be like absolutely amazing. Yeah, Arkham Origins. A lot of people were just like, it's not good. Um, I played a little bit of Arkham City and just couldn't get into it. I have to play it again. I have it on PC now. All right. I, Arkham Asylum was such a better game to me. I, I did not like the whole city traversal. Like, flying around was just obnoxious. So that's why, like, really? hearing that Arkham Knight had... Flying around. Get out, Brandon. Well, we've been <laughs> it's playing... It's two versus one. Well, to be honest, we've been playing in 3D, so... That's true. Yeah, we're it's definitely little... taking advantage of the 3D... Yeah, it just, definitely makes it pretty cool. I like the compactness of Arkham Asylum. Like, I, I like that it was... It was very, like, Metroid in its setting where, you know, like, you couldn't access certain areas until you got certain gadgets and you had to backtrack and go through. And I just liked being in Arkham Asylum and doing that. Like, I felt like Arkham City, while most of the time I might like an open-world type game, like, this one just didn't feel... I like that compactness. I like, you know, having to sneak around a lot. Like, I didn't feel like I had to sneak around a lot in Arkham City. I could just fly over everything. Um, well, it, specific side, like, there's, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know, I'm not, I disagree, just the sneaking around, and, and you could still have the compact elements in in the video game, uh, but in specific bursts, because you have to go to, 
these specific buildings, and then within each building, it's kind of like a miniature Arkham Asylum. Do you think that, like, you walk in and, and oh. they do different things, and then you walk out and you have to go yeah. to a different building? And the whole Catwoman element is pretty cool. Yeah, that's really what I like the most right now with that is the Catwoman aspect of it. Yeah, which is, with the main storyline, you don't play a lot of her, with her, but she has her own... Oh, yeah, it's her whole thing. I mean, even when you're playing the main story, you see things, like, along the way that, nope, you're not Catwoman, so you can't get that. Yeah, yet, I like basically. that. I like that. I just, yeah, the new new gadgets that were in it, or the new gadgets, uh, this game is pretty old, but, like, the gadgets that were in there are pretty... So I'm really excited for Arkham... Arkham Knight, because they have the Batmobile now. Yeah, see, that that makes me a little bit more inclined to try it, because if I don't have to fly around, if I can just drive around, and just, from what I heard, like, environments will be destructible, and the Batmobile can basically just drive through shit and just wreck things, and if I can do that, that seems like a lot of fun. Like, that sounds like that could be cool. Yeah, and they said they specifically engineered for the next-gen console, so everything is super high-definition yeah. and very detailed, and the Batmobile, they say, is going to be the most beautiful thing you'll ever see, ever. <laughs> and I think it's the new Batsuit and the new bad guy at Arkham Knight. They showed everything on Game Info, um, the magazine, and it's, it was really cool. I got really excited when I read the article, and I just... At that point, I was like, man, I really need to get a PlayStation 4, but I'm just going to wait, because right now I don't feel like there's a lot of cool games for PlayStation 4. I might be completely wrong. No, there's 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 not a lot of games for either system. Like, the best thing out on PlayStation 4 right now is Second Son, apparently. Like, Second oh, Son I did... Like that. that was awesome. Yeah, I heard nothing but great stuff about Second Son. I mean, there's stuff on each system, but there's nothing yet that I see as a system seller. Like, Titanfall is so kind of, it, it's aimed at a specific audience. Like I said, like Titanfall, yes, everybody can jump in and play and have a good time with, but if you're not a fan of, like, competitive multiplayer shooters, you're not going to jump in and want to play it, you know? So it's not going to sell everybody on a system. Um, there's a few other games out there that were good, but, like, nothing that came out for either system blew people away. Um the big one for, like, PlayStation, but I don't even think Second Son was a system seller for PlayStation. Like, people who had them were excited for it and got it and said it was great and everything, but I don't think people were rushing out to buy a PlayStation 4 for Second Son. Um, I don't know if anything is even coming out until the fall that would make them system sellers at this point. Like, for either one of them, really. Like, maybe, yeah, like right you now, said... I agree. Like, right now, I don't... You know, in the fall, I, you're going to have... With Amanda, I, just, I don't really agree that I'm going to get anything as of now. Yeah. Uh, in the fall, you're going to have the new Assassin's Creed game, which is yeah. also going to be specific to new consoles and PC. The new Batman game, which will be new consoles and PC. Um, you know, like, there's, there's a couple games coming out, but they're also multi-platform games. So they're things that, like, you know... I can get I can get Batman on PC and have it look just as good, if not better, on my PC if I you know put a new video card in or something like that. Um, so that's why like there's no exclusives that have come out that have really seemed to me to make me say okay I need a system now like I need to get a system and the fact that everything is getting ported to PC anyways 
Like, I'll probably wait until, like, next year when there's a price drop or a new model or something like that and just so wait because... Impact, there were a lot of cool stuff. There was... Uh, Evolve is going to be a great, unbelievable game. Yeah. A strong feeling. And there were some survival shooters that I saw that for next-gen consoles that were pretty, pretty awesome. The new Killer Instinct was pretty cool. I just love how uh, it's a mix between button smashing, and but if you actually want to learn the game and be really good at it, you can also do that. So it's it's geared towards just uh, newbies or people that really love competitive fighting games. And then, of course, you have uh, Street Fighter versus Tekken Next Gen Edition, which, mm-hmm. would be, which would be great. I'm really excited. Um, it's just, there's some cool stuff. I just don't feel like they... Do you think they should have just waited for to have more games lined up? Better games or? Uh, no, I, I think I think they release at the right time because we've got E3 in like two months, and they'll be able to talk a lot more about other games coming out. Like I have a feeling you'll get like a Fallout announcement, like a new Fallout 4 announcement. Um, and you'll get a couple other things that you like that you know people haven't heard of yet. Of course, those won't be out until like 2015, 2016 probably Mm. Um, because they announce a lot of their stuff, but they might just have more footage of stuff coming out that they showed last year at at E3. Uh, Like there's the order for PlayStation 4 that's coming out, which is an exclusive, which looks really cool, Um, which they'll probably have a lot more. Like last year, they just had a CG trailer. This year, they might actually have gameplay. Um, You know, they showed off... I'm curious, uh, uh, are we, whatever games we're playing now, do we have... I'm more of a one-game kind of person. Do we have a, a follow-up? Do we have a... Amanda, do you have a follow-up to Arkham City? Like, after Arkham City, do you have a, a game that you want to play next? I still haven't played um, Marvel Lego Superheroes. Oh, oh nice. Uh, it's on sale on Steam right now for, like, five bucks. So. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I was waiting for, because last time I checked, it was like 50 bucks. Yeah, it actually might be on bucks, and I was like, nah. Can you, get, can you get that on the on the Xbox? Yeah, check the Xbox, too, because I think it's just a general sale. Like, I know it's on okay. sale on PCs, yeah. but you should check Xbox, because they might be... Like, I know they're doing their spring sale right now, so you might be able to find like a de- like find it downloadable for like 10 bucks or something like that as yeah, well. Yeah, I do that, because, yeah. I know, eventually, they all go on sale. Like, all yeah. games are like $19. Dirt Eventually. cheap. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I'm not gonna pay fifty bucks. Yeah, I, I feel like the the Steam sale, the so the spring the spring Steam sale is going on right now. Is that what you said, Brandon? No, no, no. They're just they're having a couple like I for whatever reason the Lego games are on sale. Um, okay. They probably won't do their it's their midweek madness is seventy five percent off of uh, Lego games which. The ones they have right now are Lego Marvel Super Heroes, Lord of the Rings, Batman, Batman 2, uh, both the Harry Potter games. I still can't get over the Lego movie, sorry. All for five bucks. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) No, definitely. So that's... Because those games are awesome. Yeah. They're very very long and very detailed, actually. Yeah, there's a Hobbit one coming out, too. What? Yep. We'll play that eventually. But... (laughs) A lot of cool stuff. But, uh, <laughs> besides... I'm going to make a Game of Thrones one. Oh, man. Wait, will they? Or are... No. Oh, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> They're just like naked Lego characters. Like, 
Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> uh, Telltale is actually doing a adventure game set in the Game of Thrones universe, uh, which should be cool because their Walking Dead and Fables games have been absolutely incredible. Um, so them basing one in Game of Thrones should be pretty cool. With none of the main characters, so it's just set in the world. No, I, yeah, I think it's. I don't. It might include some of the main characters, but like you won't be playing as some of them, I guess. I they haven't really released any information other than that just they're making one. But I think it's going to be based more on the TV show than the books because it had like an HBO logo at the end. Like The uh, Walking Dead was more in association with the comic, like followed the comic book timeline, not the the TV show, but this the Game of Thrones adventure game that's coming out seems like it's going to be more in line with the TV show, and I heard possibly it might be like a prequel, which would bring back in certain characters. Um, I don't want to say anything in case people haven't watched at all, but it might, it'll bring back, it might. If it's it hard actually to say it, because I'm, I am currently at a season finale of season three, so I don't really know how much yeah, the second to last episode was ridiculous. So there was a lot of the red wedding was absolutely out of control, and the coolest thing and most shocking thing I've ever seen in quite some time. How far are you at the end of season three, Brandon? Or I, yeah, see? I finished season three. I haven't watched anything of four yet, though. And season four has been awesome so far. I feel like we're all in different places right now for Game of Thrones. <laughs> the season opener was like a catch up kind of episode like like a recap yeah, episode okay sort of but this last one poof things got real again it got real ah, i need to watch them all i don't know what i'm going to do when i i don't like i don't know how you like even just i was on gawker today and they had a picture up like of a four game of thrones articles that completely gives away the ending and i'm just like why are they putting that oh my gosh like you can't go anywhere no and that's why i haven't i haven't actually been on social media for the past three days i would say i haven't seen anything or done anything i've, I've stayed away which is a lot harder than i would think it would be I, I just thought i would have to put my phone away but then, no, you have to put your computer away. You have to put your tablet away. So you have to essentially disconnect yourself from the world. Yeah, that was the only place I saw anything, luckily, on Facebook. And elsewhere, I didn't see anything. But There were probably yeah, things on Facebook. Crazy. There were things on Imager. Imager? Imager? Mm-hmm. They had pictures uh, yeah. of Game of Thrones stuff, and I just automatically was like, nope, not doing this. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah, you can't go on Reddit. You can't go anywhere. Um, but yeah, so they're gonna. So, what characters are they bringing back for the prequel? Uh, I have no idea. Like, I, said, I don't even know if it's a prequel. I thought. I think that was just like a rumor going around. So, I, they haven't said anything other than like, "Hey, we're making a game." That was it. So, hopefully, at E3, they'll actually have some more information. Oh, but it was awesome. like, it was at like the video game awards a couple months ago, like in December, that they were like, "Hey, we're making a Game of Thrones adventure game," and people were like, "Yay, that's awesome!" And that was it. Like, they didn't have any other information other than like a logo. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn them for messing with us. Um, but yeah, next gen games. I'm really excited about the new Uncharted. Obviously, I'm just obsessed with Uncharted. I think you should play them because they're amazing. I'm pretty sure Jay has said multiple awesome things about Uncharted. Oh yeah. I hope the new one, yeah, I hope the new one's good because Amy Henning left, and hopefully they get a good writer again. Yeah. I just loved it, and it's also, I didn't know it was on 3D as well, so now I'm going to have to play that bad boy in 3D in crushing mode and get a platinum trophy because I need to get every single achievement 
in every game I play, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is hard. Arkham City is actually really hard to get a, a perfect achievement record. Well, one of the achievements is, like, you have to log on at, like, midnight or something, and or, like, if you log on during the holidays for, like, Calendar Man or something. I don't, that might have been in, like, Arkham Asylum or something, but there's a character locked up called Calendar Man, uh, and if you log on on certain holidays, like, mm-hmm. you have to... You get an achievement for like logging on on every holiday or something like that, like something ridiculous, uh, where people just like basically went in and set their system clock to that date just so they could get the achievement. I don't know. I don't think it was Arkham Arkham Asylum because I got pl- maybe I was just playing really late at was the right time. But I don't know. I just I gotta check it out because I definitely got a platinum trophy for that. But Arkham City, I saw all the things you had to do, and I'm like, man, because the Riddler challenges are. So much harder than Arkham Asylum. Uh, getting all the the Riddler trophies are harder, and just doing everything like the combos are harder to to do. Continuous combos are really hard, and I don't know. I just haven't really, besides the storyline, I haven't really dug deep into everything else in Arkham City. Which I think if I did that, I would spend another six months on the game <laughs> and not get anything else done. Um, but you saw Captain America, right? Yes. But we did not see Captain America. Uh, how did it, how were your senses about this? Uh, it, it was incredible. It was just absolutely awesome. Uh, I would put it up there, like maybe behind uh, Avengers as like my favorite of the, of the movies right now. Like it was but still just, behind Avengers. Yeah, I, I still. I mean, like I put. <laughs> I almost have to rank Avengers separately. Like, whenever I was saying how, like, I was talking about it, I would always put, like, non-Avenger or post-Avenger because Avengers is sort of a different beast in itself. Like, you sort of have to separate it from them because it's all the characters in one, so it's sort of like you're seeing every storyline converge and it's this big epic thing. But if you're looking at, like, individual stories... um, you know, you sort of have to separate the two because the individual stories are focused on a character, so they're going to be a little bit different than, like, you know, this big kind of culmination story of stuff. Compared um, to the first Captain America, what did you think? Um, way better. The, yeah. Uh, not way better, but I, I definitely think it was de- it was a step up. Uh, you oh, know, that's like, right. I really want to dislike the first one. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I loved the first one, and this was, like, a good kind of, like, next step of where the Marvel Universe should go. Like, it it was just, uh, you know, aside from being, like, a comic book movie, it was just an awesome, like, spy, uh, espionage-style kind of, like, political thriller. Are we talking about, like, Bourne-esque? Yeah, like, very Bourne-esque. Like, right down to almost the fight sequences and stuff. Like, uh, Chris Evans apparently went and trained and did all this, like, parkour stuff, like, so that he could, like, Captain would be more mobile and stuff, and the the stuff he does with his shield in this one is just so awesome, and just like, just everything about it, like, I loved, you know, uh, just an all-around good movie, just, you know, fun action, uh, they paced it really well, like, you know, you would get scenes of, of dialogue and whatever, and then you would get, like, this really nice action sequence, just all the stuff with the Winter Soldier was really cool, and just, like, where it's heading next and what happens in the Marvel Universe post this movie is just really cool, and I'm 
like psyched for the next couple movies and and Cap three and Avengers two and all did that they, stuff now. Did they do like a, a tie-in to Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit? You don't have to like spoil anything, but uh, no, they, but it was a tie-in to future movies. Yes, yeah, they tied it to Avengers two. Oh sweet. Age of Ultron. Really excited. I gotta see that. I'm gonna see this movie right now, guys. I'm just gonna log off right now. Bye. It was, it was good though. Like it was, it was awesome. They, uh, you know, nice couple of little nods to other characters uh, in the Marvel universe, like Doctor Strange, uh, because they're trying to plan a Doctor Strange movie, which is just awesome. I love uh, the animated movie. Did you watch the animated? Yeah, Doctor the animated movie? movie is really good. I watched I watched that a while ago and it was actually pretty good and I feel like he would have a, a great solo movie. Oh yeah, could, with the Iron Fist involved somehow in there. Yeah, it, awesome. I, he's just he's a really cool character. He's another realm of Marvel that they haven't gone to yet. Like I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how like you know uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, they're all sort of the science end of it. And then you've got Thor, which is, like, the mythology thing. And then you've got, like, Doctor Strange, who is, like, the mystical and, like, magical. So it's, like, this whole other element and something different, you know, like a different way to approach their universe. Guardians of the Galaxy is their crazy space movie, so, like... Definitely uh, the Marvel uh, Avengers opened up a, a, a new different thing where they bring in all these mystic aliens. Now it's just not... You know, typical. If this really could happen, scenarios that kind of just got thrown out with Avengers. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's they just open up everything. Like like you said, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Doctor Strange, or even other other things that could be. I mean, we've got Ant Man coming up. We've got. Edgar Wright directing yeah. Ant-Man. I'm really excited. I mean, like uh, that's just what you know. You've got Ant Man coming up. You've got. Like I said, they want to do a Doctor Strange movie. Um, they probably have an, a couple other smaller characters that they'll probably do side movies for, something like that. Like this, com- this is completely off topic, but if Wes Anderson did a superhero movie, <laughs> what superhero would he do? I'm very curious, right? <laughs> because Jeez, I'm trying to saw, think of like the Grand Budapest, and it was I thought it was amazing. I'm trying to think of like a weird eccentric character that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like almost a little sad, but not sad, but like a little sad. Like Hellboy? No. <laughs> no, that's way too sad. Uh, I don't know, but he, you just have to have a quirky superhero to do him. Yeah. But, okay, anyway, besides that, uh, we have Spider-Man coming out soon. Yep. Really excited. Are you? Yeah. I don't know if you're pumped for the new Spider-Man. Did you see the first one, Twilight? I did, and I wasn't... Wasn't nuts about it. I'll I'll wait till the reviews are out for the next one. And maybe I just wait till Redbox for that. Because so, I think there's gonna be other movies like yeah. X Men Future Past oh is coming out soon. Like a month. Which I I want to see it, but I'm I'm somewhat nervous just because Brian Singer's last couple movies have been absolute garbage. Yeah. So I don't know if he has like, and the cast like. It's this. I, I, I like. I understand it's the storyline, but the cast just feels super loaded with characters, and there's time travel, and time travel stuff always goes just in weird ways that never work. I don't think it's going to be bad, 
I just liked that smaller cast aspect of, like, first class. Like, it was this, like, small, tiny group, and, you know, it was just, it was a good story focused around them forming the X-Men, and I just, I really like that, and this one feels like it's going, like, hey, let's bring in Wolverine again, and it's just like, I've seen enough of Wolverine. Like, I don't want to, I don't care about that character anymore. Like, he's a cool character, but after so many movies, like, give some other people a chance. I think that's what I liked about First Class, is that they sort of tossed in characters that you either hadn't seen or did something a little different with them. And it's just like, oh, Wolverine's back and he's angry. Wolverine is back and he's meaner than ever. (laughs) Yeah, how many movies did he have? Like, he had two standalone. And then three X-Men movies, three original X-Men movies, and then he's in this one. They did a cameo in First Class. Yeah. He just yeah, gave that, that was a little that much. It didn't count, but uh, yeah, he's been in almost all of them. But and I feel like you know, Actually, I mean, and again, even in the comic, he's a central character of the Days of Future Past storyline. Yes. But it's just like again, like going back, like I like that the first movie or first class at least focused on a younger Magneto and Xavier. Like that was a cool like aspect of seeing them when they were friends. Like yes, those characters have been in every X Men movie as well. But it's sort of seeing a different side to them, and while they weren't the main focus of the original X-Men movies, like it was cool to put them in the forefront and have them be like leading the you know, leading the movie and everything. And I, I just making Wolverine, it feels like Wolverine is the focus of this movie again, even though there's other casts around it, you know, he's the one that's sort of central to the plot. Um, I don't think it's gonna be bad. I don't think I'm gonna dislike it. I'm just like Brian Singer's last couple movies, like, he's fallen out of grace since those first two X-Men movies. Like, Superman Returns was really bad, and Jack the Giant Slayer, Killer, whatever the hell it was called, was just kind of really mediocre. Did you see that? Did you watch that movie? Yeah, it was on uh, British Netflix. (laughs) 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 My British Netflix Courtesy of Hulu. Yeah. Courtesy of uh, Hola. Hola, yeah. (laughs) Um, Hola. It, it had potential to be really cool. It just sort of fell flat. So I, yeah. I, I want to see it. But uh, did we... So yeah, I think the fact that for Spider-Man they're doing the whole Sinister Six plot is really awesome. And they even thought about doing... a uh, They're doing a standalone Venom movie. Venom, yeah. And they're going to have Carnage in there somehow, speculations. Uh, that's going to be awesome. But for the Days of Future Past and the future X-Men they're talking about doing the Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. So Apocalypse is going to show up in maybe the third one of this one or whatever. I don't even know when in movie world they're going to do it. But I I have a feeling with these Marvel movies and stuff like that, they're just becoming giant TV productions. Like we're seeing an episode of something that takes two Mm -hmm. years to make and it's like two and a half hours, and it's madness, and then we have to wait, essentially, for the new season. It's like a season, a movie is a season, and we're waiting for the next season to come out. Yeah. That's how, that's kind of how I've been feeling about these past movies recently. Hmm. That's an interesting way to put it. Because, you know, it, is it kind of like, do you feel that way? Now looking, like, when you say that, I mean, essentially, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you think about it. 
and it's hard to get because there's never like they never really wrap everything no, up completely. They never end it. It's just no, yeah. and they never will. And they <laughs> never, just yeah, keep going. just keep going with new ones if they make them essentially not better but interesting and different. We're gonna still keep watching it. It's like the new. It's like an album. Like hey, you're gonna listen to this really cool album, and we're gonna wait two years for the next album to come out. Just keep waiting. I mean, Marvel's been really good about that by keeping these mon- movies in, like, constant flow so you're never falling out of touch with them, you know? Like, it's like we had Thor in November, and then we had Captain last month, and then in August we have Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we have, you know, there's a gap of time, but then you've got Avengers 2 in May of 2015 or whenever it is. So, like, You've just got, like, movie after movie after movie, and then even after Avengers, you've got Ant-Man, and then you're going to have Cap 3 and Thor 3, and then you're going to have a Doctor Strange movie, and then probably Avengers 3, and then from where, you know, who knows where they go from there. Like, they're just going to keep rolling with this. Like, I think they'll be done with the Avengers after that, because I think Chris Evans said, and Robert Downey Jr. said, they're all, like, yeah, we're sort of, you know, after this, we're sort of done. So I think after that, they need to kind of go forth. Don't, I mean, and also, other Guardians movies, like, if Guardians becomes the focus of Thanos and the whole Infinity Gems and the Infinity Gauntlet saga, like, that's going to take place over Guardians, you know, 1, 2, and 3. So it's just, it, it's crazy. And then, like I said, at that point, like, there's so much other unmined stuff that Marvel can go. I mean, they took a bunch of, like, B-tier characters, such as Iron Man and, you know, uh, Thor and stuff like that, and made them some of the biggest mar like some of the biggest characters to to everyone out there, you know. And they could do it again. Like no one knows who Doctor Strange is. Like he's such a like an unknown character, and they're gonna make a movie with him. And if they cast it right and get the right director, he is going to be huge. Yeah, I I love Doctor Strange. I think his his uh, story is very interesting. His power of the mystics is really awesome, and visually speaking, visual effects wise, it's you can do so much with Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I they are Marvel is, is ending in like the next ten years of this just being <laughs> over with. Like, do you see an overall not conclusion, but a fade out almost? Is it gonna be like The Office and just they're just gonna keep <laughs> pumping it out until people are just stop watching? <laughs> you know, the problem it's not even a problem. Like, it's a good problem to have. These movies are doing gangbusters, and they're they're being written and directed like super well and that's the problem people will get tired of them when the movies start getting bad and right now like with the exception like Batman and Robin yeah like when it went to the Schumacher Batman and then like we had to have a reboot at that point and we had you know our three good Batman movies you know or two good Batman movies and a mediocre third um but like, with the exception of maybe, like, Iron Man 2, which people really didn't like, like, you know, and, yeah, people kind of gave crap to the first Iron Man, and, and both Thor movies have kind of been, like, they've been well-received, but I've also heard a lot of, like, eh, yeah, their stuff happens, they're not really exciting, like, they're just sort of there. I mean, I know a lot of people who are Thor fans who think they're the best movies, but, again, you know people who are Iron Men who think the Iron Man movies are the best, and, like, I think the Captain movies are the best. So it, it all depends on... Pretty kick-ass review for Captain America. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes is all about it. Oh yeah, yeah. They, everything, everybody, the, everyone who talks to you is all about Cap and how awesome it is. 
And if it's not directed by the same person who did the first one, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, it's it's the Russo brothers. They actually directed a bunch of episodes of Community, um, Arrested Development. From Community to, to Captain America. Yeah, well, what's funny is that so they did the second season finale of Community, which was the two-part one where it was like the first part was like a Western. They did the paintball episodes again. First part was a Western. The second part was all Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I gotta watch that. And actually, after watching that episode is when they went and approached the Russo brothers. They saw that episode and, like, really liked what they did and actually approached them to do Captain 2, like, after that episode aired. So, Mm -hmm. like, that episode of Community basically got them the job. That's awesome. (laughs) They just, they liked their style, they liked everything they did, and they did a fantastic job with this. Like, I saw the first paintball episode. I didn't see the second one. You didn't see the second one? No, oh. I didn't see the oh, second one. Oh, the second one's so great. Yeah, I feel like the second ones are better than the Really? First. I literally yeah, love the first well, one. They're both, yeah, they're both really good. I know. I really love the first one. It had me cracking up. Like, the second one up. is all themed around spaghetti westerns, yes. and yeah. it's it's incredible. Like, it's just it's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think once the movies start getting bad, that's when people are going to... I know there are people who are tired of them now because it feels like, like I said, there's a non-stop train of them, but I will like them as long as the movies keep being good. The minute the movies... They're, stop, keeping, they're still making money, so... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look at Marvel, and I guess the other companies at, at some point, they stumbled to find their footing at first. Like, look back at Daredevil. Look back at the first okay. two Fantastic Four movies. Look back at the Ghost Rider movies. Like they're all, they're all kind of, they're all pretty crappy movies. You know, you know, Ghost like, Rider was bad. Like, Did, like, are you saying it, all right? Ghost Rider was Nicolas Cage as much as I think hysterical. Bad, but I like that first Ghost Rider. Movie. <laughs> oh man. I still like get a little you bit of like excitement Arkham with Daredevil. City. Like Ghost like, Rider, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Take a look, good hard look if you're like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just to throw more flames on the fire, I only think Game of Thrones is okay. What? It's dead serious. Like, I don't think it is as amazing as everybody else says. I don't know what is wrong with me, but like, I watch it and I enjoy it, and I don't think it's a bad show, but every time I see somebody post something on Facebook that's just like, Game of Thrones, oh my god, I'm just like, cool. Like, I watched the Red Wedding episode and just went, Ah, oh, that was brutal. Okay. I'm gonna digitally slap you in the face right now because that was the most exciting thing I've ever seen on television. But that's the thing. Every episode is like everyone going, "Holy shit, Game of Thrones!" Like I can't be like that. Like when every episode has something shocking in it. Like I get episode. Every episode at the last five minutes is always some crazy thing that you never thought would happen. And that's why, like, I can't get hyped about it because it's just like I know something wacky is gonna happen. Like I know something crazy that people are gonna drop their jaws about. It's just like that doesn't excite me anymore. Like I, like I think that's why I like Doctor Who because Doctor Who doesn't go for those big shocks or anything like that. They just Muffet just goes for (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Muffet Muffet craps things up in a different way, but (laughs) he raps with disappointment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He surprises me with, with crappy scripts. (laughs) <laughs> I think they're gonna be good. Um, uh, but yeah, but so like, I don't, I don't <laughs> deny that the show is is good. I just, I don't. It's not on my top. Like, I haven't rushed out to watch these. I have HBO Go. I haven't rushed out to watch the two episodes yet. Like, I'm under the mindset of like, I'll get to them when I get to them. If I read spoilers, oh well. But something like Doctor Who or True Detective, like, 
I didn't want to spoil that stuff. Like, those to me are things that are just like, or Sherlock. Like, I didn't want anything <laughs> of Sherlock to be spoiled for me. Um, seen... But Game of Thrones, I just feel like it's it's shock value and it's all this stuff. And like I said, I find it to be a good show. It's well made. It's well acted. It's well written. I just, it's not jaw-droppingly amazing to me. Like, I oh, think it's man. just you have good. You here sitting, I completely disagree with you, getting, my friend. You're getting the stink face right now. <laughs> Hey, to each his own. Everybody has their own opinions. <laughs> I feel like it's uh, the two of us versus you this entire podcast right now. That's I feel like no. I mean, I I liked Captain America when you didn't. So <laughs> that's true. And like I, I said, I'm not I'm not denying that it's a good show. Like I do think it is a good show, but that's like I said, like in the pantheon of TV shows, like. It doesn't even rack like rate in my top ten. Like I just there are other shows what to is, me. What are your top five shows? I'm, I'm I'm if Game of Thrones is not up there, I'm curious what is. Top five shows. Uh, Buffy. Okay. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like and Buffy had some pretty crappy seasons too. Like, <laughs> like I won't deny that. Like bear episodes. I didn't see those, the bear one. <laughs> those first two college years were just. Terrible, terrible season. <laughs> like Saved by the Bell college years. Oh, Dawn was just that whole season with, with uh, Glory was just bad. Uh, I, I like Buffy. Um, I'm trying to think like what other shows that like I've watched over and over that like I find that that like Doctor Who um, Community is up there for me. Like I, with the exception of the the you know fourth season, which wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Like Community is something that has kept me laughing and kept me interested and wanting to watch despite it having bad seasons. What about uh, Sunny? The Sunny's up there. Sunny's okay. definitely up there. Um, right. I just actually watched watch through all <laughs> you, you gained my geek of trust award again. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Geekness. I'm trying to think what other like TV shows that I have that like I you know I, I go back and watch continue, Scrubs. Scrubs is definitely up there is like my number two all time favorite TV show. So Brandon, um, I'm curious. I'm curious, Amanda. Uh, do you watch How I Met Your Mother? No. Do you care about anything about How I Met Your Mother whatsoever? No. All right, the last episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> no, people keep telling me to watch it. And I think. What I'm the hell was that? <sighs> that was such a disappointment. I can hear how it ended though. Wow, oh, the ending. The ending. So right now, for anybody who's listening, um, if you don't want to know the last episode of How I Met Your Mother, just tune off. Because yeah, we have gonna, to talk about this. Yeah. I'm just going to yell at the world right now. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I think the way they... Ex- it was just... are you? It, it was basically at the very last scene. I'm like, I had an are you kidding me moment. Yes. Like, this is what I've been waiting nine seasons for. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, like, halfway through the episode, I said to Steph exactly what happened. I, I was like, is this really what's going to happen? And then it happens. And the two of us were like, what the hell? Like, it was just so, like, unsatisfying. It was... The thing that made me and, like, the majority of the internet mad was that they they take a whole season. So the whole premise of the ninth season was that it takes place over Barney and Robin's wedding weekend. It, it's, like, it's basically, like, a 24 season where every episode is essentially an hour of the wedding weekend. And it starts on a Friday and ends on a Saturday or starts on Thursday, whatever it is. So every episode of the season is an hour of the wedding, and then intercut is scenes of, like, Ted and the mom in the future, like, them, you know, their first date, them coming back for their anniversary, like, all these things, it's intercut. But the whole the whole season is Barney and Robin's wedding, and it's 
Robin finally letting go of Ted, and Ted finally let him go of Robin, and Robin realizing that, like, Barney is a changed man, and that, like, she loves him, and then literally within the first ten minutes of the finale, Barney and Robin get a divorce. I know. I was... And it was, was just I was like... like I, can't, I can't believe this is happening. And, and Barney goes back to his old ways, and it's just like... So you made us care about these people, and you made us care for two seasons about Barney and Robin's relationship, and like, Nerd rant. <laughs> yeah, like that, that. The problem is, like I said, like they made you get invested, and all these people ended up really liking the the girl who played the mother, Christine Melody, and was just like, we wanted to see more of her. She was fantastic for the few scenes she was in, and everybody was just like, yeah, we love the fact that like Robin changed Barney, and that Barney wasn't just chasing girls all the time, and that they actually loved each other and everything. And then they throw all that out of the window. Like, just right out the window, and it's just everything, like... Everything that character was evolved to Exactly. They, they, they de-evolved him back to what he was in every other season, and it was just like, why would you do that? And, and then it just, you know, it goes through, and nothing really happens with with uh, Lillian Marshall. Like, they <laughs> just they're just sort of there. And then, you know, like, Robin sort of is phased out, and Barney goes back to being Barney, and gets a chick pregnant, and... Has a kid. Has a kid, kid. and that's what changes Barney to give up all his ways, not getting married or anything, but he has a baby daughter, and is now just like, well, now I can't be chasing girls, because you're gonna... I don't want you to be like the girls I chase, or something. And, And it's like... But the worst part about that is it's just like... It's a throwaway thing where Barney was just like, yeah, I was trying to sleep with 30 women in 30 days, and on the 30th day, I slept with a woman, and she got pregnant. Oh, well, you never find out who the mother is, just they refer to her as number 30. Was it number 30 or number 31? Number th- whichever one it was. It was like the last one he sleeps with. You never meet her, which people are now speculating that How I Met Your Father is going to be her. There was rumors floating around the internet because they're doing the spinoff, that even though it's a whole, they're saying it's a whole new cast. If Barney is not actually going to be like married to this girl since he just slept with her and that was it, they don't date or anything. They might bring him back. And, oh, I hope not. Yeah, like that's it, that's a rumor floating around because at one point Lily says like, "Are we ever going to get to meet her?" And he's just like, "Nah, she's." They only refer to her as number thirty-one. So people were like, "Because she doesn't have a name and because they never see the character." What if the How I Met Your Father is more going to be like, uh, okay, the first episode is going to be her meeting Barney, sleeping with him, she gets pregnant, and then it evolves more into like a show about her and Barney, or her being a... Like, who knows? This is just speculation going around. Like, there's been no real, other than like a few casting bits. Yeah, it was... And overall, it was just a disappointing ending. Like, the mother well, gets sick, and then basically he ends up with Robin... Which the mom, the mom gets sick and dies. Now, now here's the worst. Here's the worst part. Well, that's not even the worst part. Like it sucks because I really liked her. But Ted's giving this big speech about how, like, you know, if he hadn't gone through hell and back with the mom when she was sick and the good times and the bad, he wouldn't have never got to where he was or something. And he finishes this epic story, you know, which has taken nine seasons to tell to his kids. And again, they filmed this sequence back at the end of like season two, I think, like the whole ending with the kids. So that the kids wouldn't age, they filmed, and then, like, you could tell the cuts were so bad to, like, cut back to Ted, cut to them. You could tell it was filmed at different times. But the kids are just like, Dad, you know, this story was about how you met Mom, but you barely talked about her. Like, this whole story was about, like, you and Aunt Robin. Like, you want to date Aunt Robin. Like, 
it's been six years, go get Aunt Robin. And, like, immediately I was just like, is he going to go get the blue French horn and show up at Robin's apartment? And it's exactly what happens. Like, he goes, gets the horn from the first episode, goes to Robin's apartment, and, like, at this point, like, Robin's been single for so long and seen Ted in and out, and the kids are like, yeah, we love Aunt Robin. Go be with Aunt Robin, Dad. Like, it's been six years and Mom's been dead, but screw it. Go be with her. And it's just like, really? Like, why would you introduce the mom for one season to kill her off so that Ted could be with Robin. Like, nobody wanted to see that. Like, And that is How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, like, it was just... it was Great so, beginning. Yeah. Okay middle, shitty ending. <laughs> so it was just... Yeah, like, that, that, that bummed me out. Like, I just didn't know what to... I just, that episode ended, and I was just like, I, what? I don't know what to feel. Like, <laughs> you know, like, um, when The Office ended, like... I was actually, like, I had stopped watching The Office. Like, I had stopped, like, two, three seasons towards the end and then came back and, like, watched the final episode. And, like, that final episode did a good job of tying up all the loose ends and actually got me a bit teary-eyed. Like, there was some touching stuff in that. How I Met Your Mother, none of that. Like, I was not sad at all. I was not, like, I was just sort of like, okay, like, what happened? Ugh. People said they just wrote themselves into a corner at that point and didn't expect the people to like the Robin-Barney relationship and like the mom as much as they did, and they had already written out the ending by, like, season two at that point because they had to film that thing, and it just ended up screwing, shooting themselves in the foot, pretty much. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I think after that rant, I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll rant out. Yeah, that that last episode bummed me out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening to us rant, essentially. Um, you know, we'll do this again soon, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you for, you know, I'm Jonathan. You can follow me on Genobi87. Brandon. Uh, you can follow me at NerdsBeware um, on Twitter and on Twitch. I've actually been streaming a bunch of uh, Daisy, so if you guys want to see me run around and get kidnapped and shot at. Come watch me when play is, Daisy. When is the next board game night? Uh, the next board game night, I'm not sure. Uh, I have to... So, the CRM is out for a little bit, and uh, Tara has taken over her duties, um, and Tara emailed me about it, and Tara wants to put up, like, signs in the window and, like, do way more promotion for us, which is absolutely awesome. Um, so, I'm hoping... I don't know if we we might not have one again this month, but next month we're going to kick back into full force again, and it'll be the first and third. I'll talk to Tara. Maybe we might switch that up to be like the second and fourth or two weeks in a row or something like that. Cool. Uh, but right now, April, we might not have a game night, another one this month. But next month, fully expect it back. Uh, I've got a bunch of new games. I just backed uh, Koo had another Kickstarter for the expansion. Uh, which I backed, so that will be out in August. Um, nice. Plus some other new games. So yeah, uh, look for it in May. We'll have more details probably on the next podcast after I I talk to uh, Tara. Cool. And Amanda. Star Princess, nineteen eighty eight. Instagrams is. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Geek on. Good Bye. Day.